Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical LibroCuber Coles. Today, my friends, is episode three, three, three. That's three threes, which is really doesn't mean a goddamn thing, but. To the human brain who likes things in threes, perhaps it's slightly more interesting. Hmm. Something I say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. Most likely. Not a 100% chance. Not a 33 and a third percent chance. Just some chance. I don't know what it is, but there is a chance. Your one and only warning was that. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear... The only payment I ask is $333. (laughs) No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is what helps podcasts grow and flourish like a beautiful flower. Like the beautiful flowers that they are, podcasts. Mmm lovely uh without further ado we got all that out of the way nice and quick like i like and we will push a button that will get us started thusly ladies and gentlemen let's get ready to review some things Today's movie monologue sponsor is the Maniacal Nymph Fantasy Theme Strip Club. So thank you for sponsoring this. In which it looks like I've got four movies, so... You know, wish me luck with fitting them in. As I uh, often have difficulty doing so. Movie the first! Uh, the Brass teapot oh you know what i mentioned i just realized all of these movies available on netflix so you know watch them along watch them along that's hey i'm making up phrases watch them along and uh let me know what you think of these you can email me to the address provided in the closing credits and i would love to hear your similar or dissimilar opinions about movies such as the brass teapot Uh, let me read the imbida which will help you get a little bit of a gist when a couple discovers that a brass teapot makes them money whenever they hurt themselves, they must come to terms with how far they are willing to go. Uh, I love a movie like this that takes an idea that you, at least I assume, have never seen before. Something totally out of the ordinary. Uh, is it? It's definitely fiction. Do they? Is it science fiction? Is it fantasy? Uh, I'm not sure how you would categorize a movie like this because it takes place in the real world. It's as if you... It's kind of like taking the real world and then adding one strange and unbelievable thing to it and how that real world 
would react to it, uh, which is a, a brilliant movie-making thing that I don't think we see enough of, uh, as far as I'm concerned. That being said, as you could probably guess, my rating will be high. And I will give it now, because if I don't give it when I remember to give it, sometimes I don't give it. And we don't want that. Rating-wise, I don't know if I can give it a 5 out of 5, but I almost would, so I will give it a 4 out of 5. It's got uh, laughs, as you can imagine. It's got seriousnesses, as you can definitely imagine. Um, the actors, I didn't really recognize any of them per se, but all done very well in their roles. And uh, I would recommend this movie to probably couples in particular, because the, the two main people are a couple, and then uh, you could sort of put yourself in the roles and, and see how far you as a couple would take it, uh, which I, I suppose makes sort of sense when it, more sense when it uh, turns from the physical pain to the mental pain, so eventually they learn that when they're in mental pain it also uh, generates money. Uh, one sort of standout of this movie is that, oh what the hell is his name, uh, uh, Thomas Middleditch plays a uh, Amish, no, not Amish, uh, plays a, uh, a Jewish, uh, Orthodox Jewish guy who, um, like, is very violent. So, you know what, you had me at Thomas Middleditch playing an Orthodox Jew who's very violent, you might say. Okay, moving on to movie the second and third. I'm going to roll these into one, and you'll know why in a minute. Uh, the movies are Nymphomaniac, Volume 1, and as you can imagine, Nymphomaniac Volume 2. Uh, something about that title, obviously, very sort of, oh, what's this all about? And then, uh, always been kind of on my radar, finally pulled the trigger and watched it, and I suppose I'm glad I'm dead. Uh, I think I did like the first one better, uh, Volume 1 better. The second one felt creepier to me, I think because it was, had sort of the addition of S&M, which, uh, and very, very violent. The, the combination of sex and violence uh, is not something that I enjoy, so <laughs> I didn't care for that one. Uh, it kind of creeped me out a bit, I guess. Uh, let me read you the imbed for these. Uh, for Volume 1, a self-diagnosed nymphomaniac recounts her erotic experiences to the man who saved her after a beating. And number two, the continuation of Joe's... Is that her name? Huh. Of Joe's sexually dictated life delves into the darker ah see there you go the darker aspects of her adulthood obsession and what led her to being in uh, this guy's care so uh, that's where you are and and there's the evidence right in the description that the second one is a little darker in fact in the description it has the word darker so thank you English language. Uh, overall, I'd say it's worth a watch uh, until you reach the point where it creeps you out, and then mm, I, I don't know if you have to go on. Like, uh, I was kind of watching it while doing something else, so maybe my attention... Eh, my attention wasn't 100%, so... Uh, I'd probably go f uh, four for the first one and two for the second one. Yeah, how about that? The sequel's never as good. Hey, that, that's a thing. Okay, uh, as you heard, we're already out of time, so I'll just say the fourth movie I watched is The Burbs. <laughs> Primarily, to be honest, I watched it because I felt like I needed a bit of a palate cleanser. Like, I watched uh, uh, 
these three movies on a Sunday, uh, back to back to back. And uh, after those first two, I'm like, oh, you know what? I need to delve into a little uh, 80s style comedy with a little Tom Hanks to cleanse my palate. And I'm glad I did. Obviously, I've seen this movie. If you haven't seen The Burbs, uh, what is wrong with you? Five out of five for that. No questions asked. No answers given because I'm out of time. So, there you go. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Ice King Brand Frozen Penguin Dinners. Thank you for that sponsorship in which we'll be talking in this Television Talk about... Oh boy, that was a real messy sentence there. Let's pretend none of that happened. Uh, Let's just talk about Adventure Time, seasons 1 through 5. Please and thank you. Uh, Okay, so I cannot 100% be sure, but I'm pretty sure, huh, oh, you know what, I am sure, I am sure, strike that sentence as well, oh boy, uh, I am sure that at one point in a pre-episode 300 podcast world where my podcast was, uh, arranged differently, I did talk about Adventure Time at one point or another, or perhaps several points in another, um, but I sort of recently dusted it off and started it from the beginning, uh, and rewatched it. Uh, I'm almost done season five. I think I've got maybe a couple episodes less left, uh, and I'm very glad I have done so because uh, this coming weekend, well, for many reasons, but one of the reasons, uh, I'll give you a little behind-the-scenes action. I am recording this on what the hell is today? August thirtieth. Ooh. Uh, And then it will be posted after my experience of this coming weekend, which is Fan Expo, which I hope you listen to the very special, 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 uh, Fan Expo episode in which uh, I talk about that. uh, And I'll post it on YouTube with all the pictures that I take, which will be many. One of the pictures, huh? Here's a bit of a segue. One of the pictures will have Mr. Tom Kenny, who is the Ice King, also. SpongeBob SquarePants, among many other voices. Uh, so I plan to get his autograph, autograph, on the old uh, Nerd Cane uh, and add him to my Nerd Cane adventures. Uh, something strange seems to happen during Nerd Cane Adventure Fan Expo time. Whatever sort of media I'm consuming at the time tends to have someone from that media be represented at Fan Expo. I always find, like I remember my. F- was it my first time? I think it was my first time. It was my first time. Uh, I was watching the television show Sliders, and then John Rice davies was uh, at Fan Expo, and I got his autograph. There's been other examples. I don't know them off the top of my head. This year, it's going to be Tom Kenny, though. Uh, okay, what can I say about Adventure Time? Reminds me a little bit of uh, Samurai Jack in terms of a sort of different art style that may look sort of simple... Maybe that's not being fair, so, but I'm going to say it anyways. Looks sort of simple, but is incredibly beautiful. Uh, another thing it kind of shares with that uh, Samurai Jack is that, uh, maybe to a lesser degree, I will be honest, uh, in an episode of Adventure Time, 
and uh, Samurai Jack feels longer than it is. Like, it's just a little, you know, half hour, however long the episode is, but it feels more movie-like in scope, despite, despite its uh, short length, uh, which I think says something about the writing and the visual style sort of combined to, to have that effect. Uh, the other thing, comparing these two, uh, and this is sort of a crazy idea that I had, and that is that uh, Samurai Jack is the prequel to Adventure Time. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me explain. Uh, Samurai Jack will be many, many, many hundreds, if not thousands of years down the road from uh, this Adventure Time. Uh, Jack is a descendant of Jake. Huh? Jack, Jake, Jack, Jake. As well as uh, the Ice King has sort of, as he's become crazier and crazier, and let's say also more powerful. Sure, why not? Uh, he's turned into Aku. Uh, uh. Okay, there's probably some things you could point out that would mean this theory makes zero sense, sense but, uh, you know, it's a theory I'm throwing out there, so take that, you sons of guns. Uh, honestly, uh, one of the best cartoons out there is this, and uh, I'm going to go five out of five without hesitation, uh, because I'm down to this sort of five-minute timeline, don't really have too much time to get into episodes in detail, as you can tell. But uh, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and watch Adventure Time. Conan the Librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Today's book banter sponsor is a gay bar. Well, that's interesting. A gay bar called The Golden Plow. Okay, today's uh, book we're going to banter about. If you're following along, you will already know because it's number three. Oh, shit, I didn't write it down. Number three. Yeah, pretty sure. I'm on number four, right? Yeah, number three in a series. A series, I believe, is called uh, The Alvin... The Alvin the Chipmunk? No, Alvin the Maker. Uh, by Mr. Orson Scott Card, who we don't like as a person, but like uh, potentially, and yes do, as a author. Uh, this particular book is called Prentice Alvin, which leads me to my first thing that I like of this book, and that is something about the combination of, uh, although this is not 100% fantasy, um, so I'll, I'll say it this way anyways, something about the combination of fantasy with a blacksmith uh, being the main character always seems to appeal to me. Uh, he's not, at the beginning of this book, a blacksmith. He is a apprentice blacksmith, as the title indicates. But uh, over the course of the novel, he becomes sort of more and more proficient. Uh, and then mixing and melding with that is the abilities that Alvin Maker has to sort of... By the end of the book, it's basically how it's described... Uh, is almost scientific-like. In fact, it is scientifically, for the most part, explained that he's using his ability to manipulate... Excuse me. Using his ability to manipulate atoms and molecules and things much deeper than what's at the surface. So uh, it's kind of strange that they worded it that way uh, when you consider that this book's taking place and sort of... Um, I don't know what time for... I, time frame exactly. It's an alternate United States of America in which uh, slavery is sort of still going and up and running. 
Uh, and that's the other thing of this series. Each book seems to kind of sort of, kind of sort of take a, uh, a theme and stick with it throughout. So, for example, the, the previous book spoke a lot of uh, Native Americans and how they were treated uh, poorly. Yes, as you can imagine. This one, obviously, uh, taking a look at uh, African Americans and how they also were treated por- poorly, which uh, brought up an interesting, if not stupid, thing, and that is the fact that uh, Orson Scott Card, uh, and we've already sort of touched on this in previous episodes, uh, his anti-homosexual stance uh, baffles me for obvious reasons, but now I'm adding to the list the fact that He's written these two books where he's very, very sort of anti-human uh, beings being persecuted by other human beings. And it really comes across in his books that he's he, he really doesn't like the fact that Native Americans were not treated well. He doesn't like the fact that uh, African Americans were not treated well. He apparently doesn't care if uh, homosexual Americans are treated poorly. So there's a very, very strange going strange thing going on in his brain where he's able to separate these two things uh boggling in a sad way because that is dumb and he is dumb (laughs) the books on the other hand are good so maybe that's why i can enjoy them it's as if a person who doesn't have these strange thoughts in his head is writing them uh rather a more enlightened person is writing them so it makes it easier to separate the, the the works from the man because the works are seemingly open-minded. Whew. I think, potentially, may have said some smart things there. Wow. Okay, uh, yes, yeah, so uh, we follow uh, uh, Alvin as well as, what's her name? Is it Peggy? I can't remember. Uh, the girl who has sort of prophesized his coming, prophesized his ability to uh, change and shape the world around him for hopefully the better and they've sort of uh, by the end of the book they've they've developed a relationship not necessarily a romantic one and uh, at least they know each other now so in the books to come seemingly they will uh, come together <clears throat> oh yeah rating uh, I'd go 5 out of 5 really enjoyed this one Today's game, Gabin sponsor, is the Giant Bronze Man Code of Ethics. Alright, you weird, weird sponsor youth. I'll say thank you. A weird thank you to you. I doff my weird cap to you. Uh, today's uh, game, in this game, Gabin segment, is called the Talos Principle. Oh, may have heard of this. Uh, did very well with critics and... I think fans alike, but I think it was more critically acclaimed than it was fan acclaimed. Um, yeah, I could see that being true after playing it. Uh, I will say at this point, I have not yet finished it. I believe I will be able to. Uh, there's a couple of stages I've been stuck on. Oh, okay, but l- let me uh, delve into it a little bit. Uh, the, as far as gameplay is concerned, it's, it's a strange game. You're in a world... You are seemingly... You see your hands and the robotic hands, so I'm assuming I'm sort of a robot. 
robot robot of some sort. In fact, uh, I've seen pictures of what you look like. Yeah, you're, you're sort of a sentient robot running around, and for lack of a better phrase, I guess, running around solving puzzles in this world. Puzzles that will give you uh, Tetris blocks that will then let you open doors in order to complete more puzzles. Oh boy. So uh, a puzzle game that adds a story and adds sort of beautiful visuals and uh, beautiful sounds, beautiful gameplay. These puzzles are incredibly well thought out. Uh, Almost, but I don't think maybe not quite, uh, Portal-esque in their uh, their complexity, in their follow-through. Uh, I say not quite because I don't ever remember being in a portal puzzle, a portal puzzle, portal puzzle, where I was stuck and had no idea what to do. But it's happened here a couple times. Maybe I'm dumb. Maybe um, the puzzles are too hard. Uh, Anything's possible. So uh, that's basically it. (laughs) Rating-wise, because I'm not finished, I'd probably go with a 4 out of 5. Uh, that rating would go up if I do finish this game, and if I go down, if I go down, if I, if I give up on playing this game because it gets too frustratingly difficult, then I would give up. I suppose there's always a possibility as well that I could just look online for the answer to some of these, these, uh, logic puzzles, but, uh, that feels kind of cheaty. Uh, you know what, that brings up an interesting point, though. Like, say I reach a point where I just, I have no idea what to do, there's there's nowhere else I can go, there's nothing else I could try that I could think of, uh, and that will cause me to stop playing the game. Would you rather A, stop playing the game, or B, look online for the solution to the puzzle that you're currently doing, and then from that point on, uh, you can continue playing? Um... Like, I think if the difference is between not playing and playing, you using, uh, say, a YouTube video on how to complete the puzzle is not necessarily a bad thing, if those are the differences. Now, if it's you come to a puzzle, you immediately watch the YouTube video on how to complete the puzzle, then uh, you're, you're sucking the fun out of it. So there's, there's a couple of ways to come at it, I think. I think. Uh, I guess that says it all for the Talus Principle. I'm thinking because I have uh, the Fan Expo, aforementioned, coming up probably, possibly, maybe, uh, might not have a Thurio game, Thurio games, might not have a game Gabin in the next episode, just because I won't really have time to play video games. What with the editing of uh, Fan Expo picks and podcasts and things like that nature, so... Uh, I can't give up reading, and things that I do, I can do while watching TV and video games, so unfortunately, or watching TV, watching TV and movies, so unfortunately, the thing that's probably going to fall by the wayside is video games, so that's just sort of an FYI. Uh, Potentially, like, just pause it for one second, potentially, like uh, last year, I got to play the Oculus Rift. Um, at Fan Expo, so maybe uh, I'll sneak that into the Game of Gabin segment if they have it up and running again. So there you go. Just a thought.
Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Blast from the Past Axe Body Spray. Thank you. Okay, I uh, got uh, all things that uh, are from the past. Wait a second, that uh, are new again. Hmm. Okay, the first is the Trailer Park Boys podcast, combining the show of the Trailer Park Boys with a podcast. Now, uh, when I saw that title, uh, the first thing I thought was maybe it's a couple of guys sitting around talking about the TV show. No, 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 my friends. What it is, is Ricky, Julian, and Bubbles doing a podcast. Uh, I will, maybe we'll go a little behind the scenes here, doing a podcast... Uh, 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 in character. Okay, I, I hate to blow your mind a little bit there. If you're not familiar with the Trailer Park Boys, well, you have no idea what I'm talking about. If you are familiar, uh, you probably know that uh, they're not actually real people, but uh, they're people, Ricky, Juli Julian, and Bubbles, who stay in character just about, probably not in their normal day-to-day -day lives every day, but if you ever see interviews with them, if you ever see them uh, if you ever read about them, read an, uh, read an article with them, if they ever do a podcast, huh, they're always in character, which uh, is pretty impressive and, might I add, pretty funny. Pretty, pretty, pretty funny. Uh, they're three episodes deep, uh, all of which I have listened to, and I will say, they are good. Uh, they're perhaps not uh, the 100% uh, laughter generation that the show has, which is not 100%, but there's, there's maybe slightly less in the way of laughter generated. Uh, that being said, it's a podcast, and it is not scripted. Uh, they sort of go into it the way a lot of podcast people do. And actually, now that I think about it, myself included, they'll have a list in front of them, uh, they'll run down the list and talk about the things on the list. That's exactly what I'm doing right now. I have a list in front of me, I'm talking about the things on the list. So they'll do that. Uh, it seems to be somewhat current event oriented in their case. Uh, and they're doing it all in character. Apparently it was Bubbles' idea to start this podcast. Uh, Ricky, they're pretty much just to drink boo, smoke weed, and uh, say fuck this a lot. Uh, three episodes deep and still not quite sure if we know, uh, if he knows what a podcast is, which I enjoy. <laughs> Uh, overall, I would recommend it, and I think uh, potentially going to be very, very, very good. Right now it's good, but I think uh, they're only three episodes deep. Uh, I'm 333 episodes deep, and, uh, you know, they'll probably be better than I am well before they reach 333 sons of bitches. Okay, uh, moving on to the I Hit It With My Axe reunion panel. Yes! Uh, periodically, I will go on a website called Google, and then I will type in uh, I Hit It With My Axe. The reason I will do this is because back in the day, I guess it was in 2000, from what I gather from this panel, uh, there was a thing called I Hit It With My Axe, which is probably, when I sort of boil it down, is I think one of the absolute nerdiest things about me, and that is I watched uh, porn stars play Dungeons and Dragons, uh, and the reason I watched it was for the Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> so that, when you sort of boil down that sentence, ooh, I, you know what, I think 
that might be a, a good title. Something along the lines of D and D with porn stars for D and D, not for porn stars. So uh, it needs a little work, but uh, as you probably heard from the typing sounds, I type that out, and I'm going to work with that for my title somehow, some way, because I like the sounds of it. It's a sort of nerdy boiling down of nerdishness. Is what it is. Uh, anyways, I used to watch that back in the day. Uh, there's, uh, I forget how many episodes there is. There's a fair number, and I loved it. And when they stopped making it, I was very sad. So, once every one, two, three, however many months, I'll uh, go on Google, I'll type it in, and see if they're making more episodes. This time, what came up, uh, what I found, was uh, this girl, which I didn't write down her name, of course. Damn it. Uh, she got a bunch of the, the old people together. One at a time. Uh, got a bunch of the people together, and uh, they did a sort of a Google uh, Hangout, I think those things are called. And they talked about the show, uh, what it was, uh, how they did it, why it's no more, uh, plans for the future. Uh, and there was some sort of bright things came about from it. Uh, this, I guess the sort of highlight is that uh, there was episodes that were made but never aired. Uh, kind of an interesting little tidbit, too, is they were on The Escapist, which is a website uh, which I still go to uh, for my uh, uh, zero punctuation, which I've talked about before. That's near neither here nor there. Anyways, uh, that website was owned by a Greek company, so when Greece uh, has had their sort of financial troubles... Uh, they were no longer able to pay for it. I hit it with my axe. So uh, it kind of fell by the wayside. Uh, okay, so that's what happened to it. What potentially will happen to it is that they have all these episodes uh, and can, at a later date, and in fact are looking for people to uh, release them and uh, potentially make more, which I would love, 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 because it was it was just so good. The uh, the dungeon master, game master, whatever you want to call him, he was very good at uh, you know running shit, running shit. Okay, uh, one final thing uh, is the flog, which as you've already heard, I'm out of time, so I can't talk about it too much. Uh, the flog with Felicia Day. Uh, again, this is something that I used to watch back in the day. Is recently back, and some of my favorite episodes were the ones with uh, Robin Thornson. Uh, she and Felicia were on something called The Guild, which I was probably watching around the same time as I was watching I Hit It With My Axe, if I had to guess. Uh, so check out The Guild. Uh, that's not what we're here to talk about. But uh, we're here to talk about The Flog, where Felicia and Robin will uh, occasionally cook shit. <laughs> this particular one I brought back because it was funny. Uh, they were in sort of a medieval-type theme, and uh, one of the things they were uh, going to cook was a rabbit. I say going to cook because they got kind of one look at the rabbit. Uh, one of them touched it, and that was kind of it. They were too freaked out, because if you've ever seen a dead-skinned rabbit, it still kind of looks a little bit like a rabbit, so uh, they, I guess, refused to cook it and had some other things to eat, which uh, was amusing to me. And I hope to you if you watch it. Folks, we're out of time. So, I will say what I say at the end of every episode, which is, it is nice to be nice to the nice.
done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.